Hi, you're listening to another sermon from Deep Creek Anglican Church. Good morning all. Nice to see so many happy faces that I haven't seen for quite a while. It's kind of good and weird to be back here, but it's wonderful to... It's actually really wonderful to partner with Megan because we've what she didn't tell you is we went to Tasmania together, did a few other things together, and I've got a lot of uh, time and respect for you and your family. I love this church, love the people here. Um, so it's, it's just a privilege to be here. Um, not, not to... What I said to Megan is I'm not... I don't want to come and, and pretend to bring something, me, or whatever my ministry, what I want to do is come and partner with what God is already doing in this place, what's already on your hearts, what's on the leaders' hearts, um, and I just, it just feels like the right time to be here. So anyway, that's why we're here this morning, and let's just, let's just have open hearts to what God wants to do in you as an individual and in us together uh, and our families. When I was 23 which is, anyone? no, I'm not going to ask anyone to guess how many years ago that was. Um, when I was 23, I went to a Sunday night service at St Alfred's down the, the road and a prophet came and spoke. He might have been good, I have no idea. I don't remember a single word he said in his sermon. But I vividly remember at the end of the service, I was getting a cup of coffee and he walked up to me and he, and he said one thing. He walked up and he said, you have gifts of teaching, of prophecy and healing. And then he walked away. And that word is one of the main reasons why I'm standing here today. Of course, by the end of today, you'll, you might wish he never said that word, but that's a whole separate thing. All right, let's pray. Uh, so Jesus, you are here. I felt your presence when I walked in. I felt your presence with us in worship. I pray now that you would open our hearts to hear what you're saying to the church, to this church, to us as individuals, to our families. Anything that God would get in the way of what you want to do, we ask you to remove that. That we might be free to hear, free to receive, and free to be truly alive in and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, one of the things that's different from when I was here last time, I have these things. They're really helpful. Uh, yeah, all, well, all of us who are of a certain age. Anyway, so you've been looking at 1 Corinthians, and chapter 12 is on the gifts, and let me read the last verse of chapter 12. God has placed, well, it's not the last verse, verse 28. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracle workers, gifts of healing, helping guidance, and different kinds of tongues. And then he finishes that chapter, having talked about the body and the gifts, with this. Now, eagerly desire, which gifts? The greater gifts. And he's just listed them in order. Apostles, prophets, etc. You then get to uh, chapter 13, which is all about love, which is the foundation for, for all of God's ministry and particularly gifts, because gifts we can make a bit about us, but they're not designed for that. They're designed to build up others through love, through genuine love. And having laid the foundation, he now comes back to what he's just said 
Eagerly desire the greater gifts, follow the way of love. Yeah, the greatest, the greatest is love. And he goes now, uh, chapter 14, verse 1, follow what I've just said, follow the way of love, do everything out of love, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. He's listed them before, and now he makes it clear, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues, that's their own spiritual language, speaks not to people but to God. So it's their personal prayer language right, between them and God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are the mysteries of the Spirit, unless you've got interpretation of tongues as your gift, but generally speaking, it's a mystery. But, verse 3, the one who prophesies speaks to, not to God, but to people, for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Have you ever reached one of those points in your life, on your journey, where you've reached a moment you have to make decisions on direction? Maybe the direction you've been walking on hasn't been working out the way it hoped. Your dreams haven't been quite coming to fruition. You're finishing school. You've got to work out what uni course you're going to enter. My lovely daughter, we may have had a few of those conversations this week. Which course, which uni, which state, and a few other things like that. Which job? Which house? How much do I pay for that house? Should I leave my job? Should I ask for a pay rise? Who should I marry? Is this the right person? Should I have children? Uh, what do we do with our money? Now that I'm retiring, what do I do with my life? God, what's, what's the purpose of my life? Yeah? Ever had those sorts of questions? Anyone have any of those questions right now? <laughs> right. And as evangelical Christians, who, as people who believe in, the, in God and the, his wisdom in his word, that his word is living and active, we rightly look for answers from him. Right? It's the right thing to do. Anyone frustrated they don't always get answers the way they'd like at the time they'd like? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about our family and our journey either. And so, look, here we are trying to see the future and it's all a bit messy. Yeah? God is always speaking. Like it's, I am so committed to knowing that God is always speaking. Not always in the language that we hear, not always in the way we want him to. Through a newspaper article, through something a friend says, through what we happen to come across when we're watching YouTube or Googling or reading a book, through a thought, through a feeling, through an emotion, right? through our finances, through putting blocks in our way or opening doors. Yeah, he's always communicating. There's always signs ahead of us, but we don't always recognise the signs. Yeah? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It's a bit of a mixed bag. When you get to the end, towards the end of the book of John, uh, it's one of my favourite books in the Bible, and Jesus is heading to the cross. He's about to take on the sins of the whole world. And he starts to pour out his heart, right? I think it's the, the most, open, most open Jesus is. He just pours out his heart to his disciples, then to his father. Here's what he says to his disciples. I'm about to go, guys. When I go, the Spirit will come. Right? It's better that the Spirit comes than I'm here. For you, it's better actually the Spirit comes. When the Spirit of truth comes, this is John 16, verse 13, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own, but he'll tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Anyone want to know about the future? He will bring me glory by telling you 
what he receives from me. So the Spirit will tell you what he hears from Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will tell you what he receives from me. So you see the picture. The Father is speaking to the Son. The Son is speaking to the Spirit. And the Spirit is going to speak to us. Right? There's this family revelation thing, conversation going on, which we're invited into, not on our own through our own abilities, but purely because the Spirit has been poured out. Yeah, the whole, our whole experience as followers of God, as followers of Yahweh, back to the Old Testament, is Pentecost. And I know the cross is the bit and the resurrection is where legal and we're brought back into family and righteousness, but our experience as followers of Jesus gets transformed when the Spirit gets poured out. Because when we're talking about prophecy today, in the Old Testament, what were the prophets? They had the Spirit of God, but it was only a few of them. You're a prophet, and you're a prophet, and the rest of us hear the prophets. In the New Testament, when the Spirit's poured out, suddenly, now God's saying, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, so that you can hear God, and you can hear what the Father's saying to the Son, what the Son is saying to the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying to you, so you can now speak it out to other people, and we're all invited into that, into that conversation. So the person next to you is looking for an answer, and there's a fair chance that you are the answer to what they're looking for. Sometimes I think we don't hear God because we're asking God for ourselves. And on this occasion, not every occasion, but on this occasion for this question, he actually wants to use someone else to speak to you. Make sense? Yeah? All good. See, God adores speaking with you. He really does. That's what Jesus pours out his heart and he says, the Spirit's going to speak to you. This is who God is. He loves speaking with you. Prophecy is at its very heart, the heart of God. Specific to a person, specific to a situation, specific to a time. The Bible is the forever time, the word of God. Powerful and strong, living and active for everyone for all time. Prophecy is to say, who am I going to pick out? Heidi. I feel like this is what the heart of God is for you this morning. Right? That might be about the future, but it might be about today, or it might be about one of your children, it might be about something that's on your heart, it might be about go take a break, God knows you need a break. And that's, that's what God as a father wants to say to his child. Prophecy is just him saying that, not to Heidi directly, but through somebody else. And that's really at its, at its heart what prophecy is. Yeah? So if you're looking for answers, at minimum just be open to God speaking to you through someone else. And then what Paul is saying, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So be open to God speaking through you to someone around you. That guy who spoke to me when I was 23 would have, I doubt, any idea that I even remember. He probably doesn't remember the conversation. I doubt he remembers me and he's got no idea what the impact that one sentence had on my life. When I was some other age, 20. Six, I was doing a ministry internship still at St Alfred's and I was talking to my boss, associate minister at the time, and we were going, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do some things with, you know, children or young adults or something else? And I said, hey, I've got this prophetic word. I don't know what to do with it. So he went very wisely, well, why don't you try teaching? 
Tested. I knew it was God. I won't go into how I knew, but I very clearly had other people back up those three things. So I'd already tested. I knew it was God. So he said, why don't you try teaching? So I preached one night. It wasn't very good. All right? But I still knew it was the right direction, so I'm still going to head in the direction of what God had said to me. Okay? That word gave me the confidence to keep going. If you have a prophetic word that you know is from God or you're even 80% sure, maybe the thing that God is saying to you is, okay, what are we doing about that? How do we, what do we do? How do we take that from a word and a revelation from the heart of God to you into action? One of the reasons God speaks prophetically in a church context, not just one-to-one, is so other people hear the word about you. When I hear words about my children, it changes how I think about them, changes how I parent them, it changes my prayers for them. It's not a word for me, but I hear the word, and I go, oh, God's got that for you. Right, I'm going to parent you to help you become that person that God is saying that you are. God speaking is the most natural thing in the world. I didn't say hearing him was the most natural. Not always the most natural, but God speaking is the most natural thing in the world. You never have to twist God's arm to speak. You've got a problem? Chances are God is speaking about it. Because that's the heart of God. That's the heart of me as a father, yeah, for my children. If they're in trouble, I want to speak to them and help them in that situation. Now, God is a family. Father is speaking to the Son. The Son is speaking to the Spirit. The Spirit is speaking to people, the disciples, and to us. Church is at heart, modelled after God, a family. We are the brothers and sisters of Jesus. We are the children of the Father. We are adopted into family. Church isn't a structure and institution as much as it's a relational connection. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're adopted into the same tree. So the same model of, of the Father to the Son to the Spirit applies in the church. We, we have the same DNA as that divine family. Yep. Really what a prophet does is take the sign that God's probably already spoken to you and just put words to it. Just go, you know that thing? You know that thing that maybe you already knew? that feeling you had, and you're going, I think this is God, and God, I'd really love you to confirm this. The prophet comes and says, yeah, that's God. Go that way. Right? And all of a sudden, your future's a bit clearer, or your direction, decision-making is clearer, because you know what not to do. Yeah? You may not know what happens after you go that way, but at least you know what to do next. God puts words, underlines what's probably already on your heart and on your mind. It may not be. It certainly wasn't on mine when I was 23. Trust me. That was out of the blue. But a lot of the time, prophetic words are actually building on what you already know in God. It's easier to hear God, I think, often, for most of us, for someone else than it is for ourselves. Ever try to hear God for yourself, and the more you try, the harder it gets? Like, stop trying. God, speak to me somehow. 
But hey, I can tell you what he's saying to you. That's easy, yeah? That's part of why God created prophecy, right? And it's also just because it's family. This is how God works. He doesn't just want to speak to you. The Father could have spoken to the disciples, but he chose to go through the Son to the Spirit to the disciples, then to the disciples to someone else. This is family. This is relationship. Prophecy is relational connection in the Spirit in action. Your word is what to my feet? A lamp. Imagine walking in the darkness, hiking at night time with no light, and then someone brings you a lamp. That's what prophecy is. A lamp. It's his word, living and active. Anyone want a prophetic word? I'm not here to give prophetic words, by the way, so this is not saying anyone want to speak them, but I'm saying in your heart, do you want prophetic words for yourself? chance for God just to speak his heart to you. Uh, I know this sounds like it's all about me, but this is, I was watching, I was watching something about the America's Cup about three weeks ago and I watched and went, oh, okay, this is, all right, this is kind of like what prophecy is like. Uh, when I was 12... I was in living in Aberdeen with my family for about four months, 1983. Now you know how old I am. I just gave it away. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, and those of you who are old enough to remember, you might remember the America's Cup in Australia too, 1983, which the longest standing international sporting tournament that had never been won by anyone other than one country being America. And even in Scotland, it was news. Right? And I kind of remembered some of the story and the wing keel and, you know, we got to 3-1, America's up, and, but somehow Australia came back. What I didn't know was the story behind that. I'm going to play you a clip from this documentary I was watching. There's three people in it. John Bertrand, who you may well know, the skipper and the driving force really behind the whole campaign. John Longley, who was co-designer with Ben Lexon and part of the crew and Grant Simmer, who's the navigator, who's crucial, particularly in that age, in sailing. So let's play the video. So in that story, if you want to put names to the metaphor, Bob Hawke, the Prime Minister, is the big guy. He's God. The TV, you can say, is the prophet. And what happens to a team that's worked hard but is staring right down the barrel of defeat, one loss away against a very experienced skipper, US skipper, all feeling a little bit downhearted, a bit, you know, we're in Newport, it's the New York Sailing Yacht Club and everyone's on their side and, you know, we're one loss, etc. That word has the effect of galvanising them, not just as individuals, but as a team. The last thing John Bertrand says, the team spirit came alive. See, God could speak to you and to me directly, and he does. But when he speaks to us corporately, either as a group or as individuals, there's something that happens in the spirit 
and relation. Something galvanises us together. Eagerly desire what? The greater gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because it builds up the church. You can speak in tongues, that's between you and God. And that's brilliant. And Paul says, I pray you do it all the time. I pray you do, I love that I do it more than you. It's fantastic. Because it's great. But eagerly desire the greater gifts because when you hear a prophetic word for you or the person next to you or you give it, it builds you all up. It's a gift to the church. And God is pouring out his spirit of prophecy on Deep Creek today and moving forward from today. He's opening up a door. And it can be scary because prophecy can feel scary, yeah? And you may have had bad experiences, right? Either it didn't happen or it was given in a bad way or etc., etc. But don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. I mean, we don't throw out other things, like just because anyone had a bad teacher at school? Like, we don't suddenly throw out education, right, just because we had a couple. I wouldn't say one bad teacher because that's not true. A few bad teachers, right? Paul, the, the apostle, with the authority given to him by God, is saying to the church, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because of what it does for the whole church. Learn from the mistakes, grow through them, and become mature, discerning what's from God, and getting better and better at living it out, putting it into practice. All good? All right, I've got no idea what I'm doing next. It's quite fun looking down at my notes going, hmm, what's next? God knows what you need to hear, right? It's the Father's heart. He knows what you need to hear. And, oops, let me go back. He knows what we need to hear. So as a church, as leaders, he knows what we need to hear. As a family, he knows what we need to hear. And prophecy is his way of revealing his heart to us through his people. His specific heart to to you and to me at this time and place. All right, that's the teaching bit. The slide at the beginning had this whole lot of things like interest or awareness, then desire, eagerly desired spiritual gifts. But the last bit on the first slide was activate or something. I can't remember what it is. Action. All right. Enough talk. Let's fight, if you know Kung Fu Panda. Anyway, well, what, does the, what does the Bible say? Don't, be, don't just be hearers of the word, yeah? Be doers of the word. Um, about five, so I've been on an interesting journey. With God, as a family we have. My wife Jackie and I have been on an interesting journey. Interesting journeys are hard. They're off the normal track of being an Anglican ordained minister and going down that pathway when God says go a completely different pathway that you don't understand and no one else is going to understand. Um, About five years ago at a conference at Deep Creek with an international prophet, like a fairly well-known international prophet, called me up 
by name and gave a prophetic word that wasn't new, but it confirmed what God had already been saying to us and had come through other people. Okay? I'm not going to tell you just yet what it was about, because what I want to talk about first is how we felt, what it did for us emotionally. No warning, my lovely wife, would you like to come up here? Come on, round of applause, round of applause. Come on. This is my lovely wife, Jackie, who has walked this journey. We've done it together. Use that mic. All right. Question one. Tell us the emotions of the journey we've had. Like, fun, easy, hard? Ah, oh, um, okay. It's been challenging. It's not easy. Um, it's been lonely. It's a lonely path when you go down something that's not the norm, when you're off the beaten track. And But at the same time, in the early days, I kept on having, and I'm, I'm sure it was a phrase that God had given me, a prophetic word, um, you know, do you want to live your life boring and just the same old, same hold and just do what, you know, just do the norm? Or do you want to live life exciting and adventure? You don't know exactly where you're going, um, but it's, there's a, there's a little bit of excitement in that. And therefore, the risk that it takes, because it's a risk, right, when you just do something that's not the norm, you know, like even like if you're starting a business, for example, as opposed to being a, an employee, you know, there's that risk, you know, you, you, you take that risk and it's not guaranteed it's going to work out. And that's what it was sort of like for us, um, not having anything um, stable or guaranteed means you take a risk, but it's a lot more exciting and um, challenging and stretching and as a result I would be I'm a, a stronger person today than I would have been in the beginning of this journey and I can still say um, it's exactly where we're meant to be yeah but yeah I mean it was financially relationally spiritually a whole lot of reasons why it was hard so looking back five years ago if you, so you were there a few other people here today were there when I got called up by name, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And God really helped confirm the, the journey that we've been on. Mm -hmm. How did you feel? What were your emotions? Mm -hmm. How did that build you up? Or did it build you up? Yeah, it was interesting because um, I, was, um, I knew what God had been saying to Bruce and I knew what God had been saying to me, but it was... Um, and a few people around were sort of going in agreement with that. But, it, by the way, before you said Deep Creek, it wasn't Deep Creek. It was oh, another church. Did I say Deep Creek? Yes, you Sorry. did say Deep Creek. It was Stairway. Um, mm. <laughs> okay. Same, same. Same, same. Same, same. It's the church. <laughs> That's right. Um, so when he was called up, I was like, it was exactly what we needed to say, keep on going. You were going down the right path. It was, ex it was like a, almost like a relief. Um, yeah, it was like, okay, this is, this is a straight person who know, does not know Bruce at all. And, and, and then, yeah, the things that he said, it was like, wow. It was just a, 
it was like a it was more than a pat on the back it was I, I can't describe it it was amazing like it really lifted us up and um, Bruce's mum and dad were there as well and it was good for them to to see um, their son being lifted you know in that way and so look yeah it, words can't describe it but it was really really good at that particular time it was what we needed yeah thank you can I leave? Isn't she beautiful? Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, how do you do it? Brownie pads? Something anyway. I'm in the good books when I get home. No, I'll get in the bad books for calling her up without warning. But anyway, um, I don't think I needed to hear the words that were spoken that day because I'd already heard them. All right. I mean, it was good for them to be confirmed. But I tell you, I needed the encouragement. What Jackie said, it built us up, it lifted us up. We were able to keep going. You have a certainty you're on the right path. Right? The emotional impact was bigger than the revelatory impact. Yeah? And same for probably those around us. Prophecy does what? Eagerly desire the greater gifts because they build up the church. God knows what you need, he knows what I need, and more importantly, he knows what we need. That's the gift of prophecy to build up the church by speaking the living and active, breathing word of God into our midst. So if you have the gift of prophecy, if you think you have it, or even if you just desire it, can I encourage you in that? It's not always the easiest gift to minister in or to get better at or to test. That's why we do it in family, to learn together. But God says, eagerly desire, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, eagerly desire this gift because it is a chance for God to speak his living word into our communities, into your and my family, into your relationships, into your workplace into your business, into your school, into your holidays if you're retired, all of that stuff. He knows what's best for you and for me, and he's determined to get it to us. We just have to cooperate with him, yeah? Eagerly desire the gifts of... Oops. Oh, that'll do. The gifts, the greater gifts. Is that what I meant to do? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because it's there. There you go. I did mean to do it. Eagerly desire the gifts of? The Spirit. All right, you and I are helpless in this without the Spirit. Prophecy in the Old Testament was a small group of people. In the New Testament, it's now open. Right? We can't do any of what we're talking about. We can't even desire God properly or want to do it without the Spirit. So if you want the definition of prophecy, it's one definition and it's a big one. For me, it's the heart of God revealed through his people by his spirit. And that's it. It's just his heart given out only because his spirit is here. Because he's in you. Because he's pouring out through you. Now, it's been wet. Fair statement. And I'm going to say something, but I'm not saying this without compassion. Okay, I've, I've done... Um, what do you call it, chaplaincy-style work in bushfire communities and some flood stuff. So I know the impact that the rains had on people, okay? And I'm not... My heart bleeds for them because I've seen firsthand some of what that means. Thompson Dam, drought-proofs Melbourne, twice the size of Sydney Harbour. That's 1993, that photo, when water was overflowing down the spillway. 
the last time I think was 26 years ago, which is 1996, right? This is the photo from last week. God puts signs in front of us. The fact that our dam, because it is Melbourne's drought-proofing dam, is overflowing, can be God speaking. I mean, that's discernment, is to work out, is it God? In the Bible, water is very often directly linked. It's a metaphor for the spirit of God. It's been wet. Water's flowing over the spillway. The words that God had given me and then got confirmed at stairway, thank you. Same, same, I agree, same, same. Is that one of the gifts I've got, it's not listed in 1 Corinthians 12 or 14 or Romans 12, etc. But one of the gifts that God has given me, why not for my sake, but for the benefit of the church, for the building up of people, is that I'm, the words... The most common word is I'm a conduit of the spirit, right? So the water from a dam, how does it, when we go to the kitchen or flush the toilet or water the, how does it get there? There's conduits, there's pipeways. Some of them are big, some are small, and that connects to that one, that connects to that one, etc. When you lay hands on someone, why does God say lay hands? And then he also says don't do it all the time, be careful, but he says lay hands on people. Why? Because it builds a connection in the spirit. It creates a conduit where things can come down. Good things. The gifts of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God, the power of God, doesn't matter, healing, whatever it is. Yeah? The water in our city's dam gets to our taps that we can then drink through conduits. And what God has said to me multiple times, directly and through others, and then confirming through, I guess, at Stairway, same, same, um, is part of how I'm gifted is to be a conduit. So... Think of it, anyone in IT, any young teenage boys or anyone else who likes IT, think of it like the cloud, right? There's stuff out there. There's the internet, there's websites, there's YouTube. How does it get you? It comes down through a pipe. It eventually lands through the internet, down however it gets to you, on your Wi-Fi, your hotspot on my phone. There's a connection that's made locally to get to the remote connection. Same thing. God is pouring his presence out. And if, if I'm going to give you a prophetic word, it'll be that God is... I'll use the word preparing, doesn't matter. He's getting ready to pour his spirit out and there's a large volume backed up. Okay, so get, get ready for that. If nothing else, prepare your hearts. Just say yes, even if you don't know what it means or how to do it. The main reason I think I'm here, and I don't know, Megan, your thoughts, I think the main reason I'm here today is to... God said, don't, don't do too much teaching, don't give prophetic words, just demonstrate what it means to be prophetic, right? The reason I'm teaching is because I was given a prophetic word. Demonstrate, for me, that's been a journey to step into that. Demonstrate the, the, this journey of letting God flow through me out to others, right? That's the journey. That's the activation of the word. Just demonstrate being a prophetic community. Receive a word from someone else, discern it with the people around you, and then start to live it out together. That's what it means to be prophetic. It's not hard. Scary sometimes, but not hard. I think the reason I'm here this morning primarily, primarily is to offer to pray for people. And that's what 
And when I told Megan that a month or two ago, I said, OK, well, let's set that up. Do you want to come up? And I don't know where things go from here. I don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know where things... And that's OK, right? It's OK to not really know. But I do know that I want to make... I think God wants us to make a chance to just receive prayer. All right, and I'll give you a couple of things that that could be about. That could be about prophecy or eagerly design the gifts. Right? That could be you have the gift of prophecy, you think you might have it, you don't think you've got it, but you'd like it. doesn't matter. You just, there's something in you responding to what God is saying when he says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So let's pray for you. Megan will pray, might have a few other people, and we'll just come gently alongside and agree with that. Right? Just lay hands if that works for you, and we'll just let God... We'll agree with that prayer that's in you for God to do that. So that's one thing. The second thing is going deeper with God, having more of his presence. Right? That was the word I had was deeper. There's something yearning in you to experience more, to encounter more of God. Maybe that's something you've had previously and you're feeling a bit dry. Maybe it's something you've never had. Maybe you're overflowing. You're just like, yeah, let's, let's have a bit more of God. Yeah? The best thing in the world is more of God's presence. I don't know anything else that's any better than being with God. And that would be my privilege to pray with you for that, to lay on hands, to, for me to step into to my giftings, to be a conduit of God for you. Um, so that was the second thing. The third thing I had, which came when we were in worship, I think, was I feel like God, there's verses, you know, God binds up the brokenhearted, and he puts the lonely in families. And I had a sense that God was particularly for those who feel... Not, other people may or may not know that you feel lonely. But if there's something in you that you want God to bind up, if there's a loneliness that, where you want God to meet you in that place and surround you with people who will love you and support you, just friends, mates, whatever that looks like for you, again, that would be my privilege, our privilege to... Stand with you in agreement for that. Again, lay hands if that makes sense and ask for God to answer that prayer. Um, the way we talked about doing that, I think, was let's just probably come out the front is the easiest way. Oh, fourth thing. You don't have to come out the front to receive. So we're going to spend some time in music and worship. Just yeah. don't focus on me, Megan, anyone out here. Focus on Jesus, yeah? The author and perfecter of your faith and mine. Because he can minister to you where you sit just as powerfully as here. So if you're not comfortable coming out the front, great. Sit where you are and just receive what God is doing. If you are comfortable coming out the front, like I say, that would be our privilege. So if the band want to come up, and we're going to make sure that we've got time to pray for the band later, so don't worry because we want to make sure that um, if you want to receive prayer, you can. Um, What we're going to do, it's um, it's 24 past 11, Um, We've actually just got time and you discern how much time you've got. So um, we want to open this up. If you need to go, if you need to get the kids, all of that, that is absolutely fine. But can I encourage you to push in just a little, just stretch just a little uh, and see what it is that God um, is just doing in you. Uh, And I heartily agree with Bruce that even if you just stay where you are, I know that the Lord does that, particularly with me, when you've got that set-aside time because he he is speaking. So uh, let's just um, focus on him.
Bruce will be here. Uh, you're welcome to um, just, even if he's got people that um, are waiting for him to pray for them, just line up, that's fine. And I'm open. You can have me any week, it's fine. Um, but of course, if you feel led and you would like prayer from me or from Alfie, um, uh, then, then please do as well. So uh, I think we should stand. Good for our blood anyway. If you feel comfortable. <laughs> uh, and, and let's just uh, open ourselves up to God, say yes to him and uh, receive. Receive.